Amen. Good morning, Crosspoint. Good morning. Uh-oh, this is not on. Hello, hello. Good morning, Crosspoint. Yes, I traveled over four and a half hours. Amen. Not to talk to myself. So one more time in the atmosphere. Say good morning. good morning. Truly, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we choose to rejoice and to be glad in it. I greet you with divine love and Jesus, joy on this morning. Uh, what an honor. What an honor to be here and to grace this uh, pulpit uh, to the distinguished staff of this amazing fellowship, to the faithful saints that call this home. Uh, thank you for granting me the privilege and the opportunity to come with the word of the Lord today. Um, I am ecstatic. I mean, elated. Uh, excited, all those rhymes that uh, uh, just to realize that you are at a crossing point. That uh, I did not know that this is the Sunday before uh, we launched the South Campus, and uh, and now the text makes sense why God was speaking to me about Joshua chapter three because this is a crossover message. God is an awesome God, and I mean, He was preparing me uh, just to encourage you to take new ground and new territory, to be bold and courageous, and that you're crossing over. And I had no idea that Cross Point would be at a crossing point, and. Uh, you know what I'm saying. So here we go to my brother in the back. It's so good to see you, doctor. Amen. Good to have you in the house, uh, Mr. Gosman. And family. Amen. Well, beloved, um, if you have your Bibles with you on this morning, I'll be speaking from Joshua chapter 3. Uh, Joshua chapter 3, a very familiar passage of Scripture to most of us in Christian Dome. And, uh, you know, it's so familiar that... Um, hmm, it's probably redundant to even read it in your hearing. But I just want to extrapolate from its complexity some delicacy that we may chew on and, and uh, for our deliberation and consideration on this morning. So if you'd be so kind, if you have it on your phone or on the screen, let us hear the word of the Lord as it comes from Joshua chapter 3. I'm reading from the New King James. I know that's so old school. I'm sorry. <laughs> Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they settled from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, 
so I will be with you. And you shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. One more time. When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be unto God. I'm so glad that the grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God shall stand forever. Father, it's in this sacred hour that we again just honor your presence in this place. God, we thank you that we had the privilege to meet with you this morning in song and worship and praise and in prayer. And even now in the hour of proclamation, I pray, God, that you would manifest your glory in a real tangible way. God, that you would show up that I may decrease as you increase. That, God, you would occupy the thoughts and the minds of every listener. Give hearing to every listener. Bridle my tongue that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. You're still the reason why we sing. And we praise you in advance for something good is about to happen. We thank you that your word is living, is powerful, is sharper than any two-edged sword. So speak now, for your servants are listening. This is our prayer. In the matchless, majestic, awesome, wonderful name of Jesus the Christ, our soon and coming King, and the people of God said amen. amen. Wow, y'all are sleepy, and the people of God said amen. amen. I know. Thank you so much for your hospitality. You've been so gracious as a church family. Uh, my family will be joining me in the third service. You need to know this is a first. I've never preached three services at one time. And, 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 and yeah, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> but anyway, nevertheless. Beloved, I am excited about this passage of scripture. So to all of you, my father's children, uh, you know, my brothers and sisters in Christ and creation, again, thank you for this hour proclamation. And I'm excited about the text this morning, and I want to preach on the theme, an intersection of expectation. As we look at our text this morning, we see the people of God at an intersection of expectation. I am absolutely convinced that God did not bring us this far just to bring us this far. Because when you're at the crossroad, you must cross over. You must raise your expectation and trust God when you can't trace God. Mm. How many of us, individually or corporately, have stood at an intersection of expectation and was met with opposition and persecution? How many of us have stood at an, at a, at an intersection of expectation and confronted with discouragement and disappointment? You know when you expected one thing and something else happened? You hoped that your children would turn out one way and they just turned out a different way. You trained for the job. You went to school. You got the degree in the education. And they gave the promotion to someone else. You hoped that your marriage would last the test of time. But he or she decided to walk out on your covenant relationship. How many of us have stood at an intersection of expectation and was met with disappointment? 
And yet there is hope in this text. There's joy in this text. The author is writing the next chapter of our story. And I'm here to tell you that one bad chapter does not define the rest of your story. Every book, every reader knows that there are many chapters to a book. And one bad chapter does not define the rest of my story. God can still get the glory out of a jacked up story. Yeah. And so as I come to the text, I'm excited, Pastor, because this is a crossover message for families who believe that God is God. And that the severity of our situation does not change his status. He still sits high and looks low and is touched with our grief. So to our people who are on the move, to our people who are ready to go from the north side to the south side, this is a word that realize that our next word from God is forward. The word is forward. As God's children, as sons and daughters of the Most High, as followers of the Anointed One, Jesus the Christ, as brothers and sisters at cross points, we have the responsibility to prioritize this family. It's our responsibility to prioritize this family and say yes to his will, yes to his way, that our answer will be yes, because above our sacrifice, obedience is still key. And it's high time, it's past time, it's already time that we give our yes to him. That we surrender all to him. That we regain our focus and that we get back on track. That we begin to imagine again. Dream again. That our ladder shall be greater. Can we get back to the basics and realize that we have a responsibility to prioritize this family? This is the season where we're going to strengthen relation and broaden conversation and deepen connection and reinforce our association. This is the season where we're going to move at a, at a new beat and a new drum and a new day. See, this whole preaching series on Imagine Again uh, was not designed for you to simply look back, but to look forward. God did not bring us here this morning so we could just have a checkbox experience. Been to church, check. Did my tithes, check. Sang a song, check. Goodbye. So many times we don't even need the order of service because we know what's going to happen. There's going to be a video. They're going to sing two or three songs. We're going to clap. We're going to sit down. We're going to pray. Somebody's going to preach. We're going to sleep. We're going to wake up and go home. We know the cadence. But God did not bring us here this morning so that we could have an observational moment. He brought us here so that we could have a transformational encounter. Because as iron sharpens iron, we sharpen one another. And we understand that we are better together. Our differences, our strength lies in our differences, not in our similarities. I'm getting ready to preach. I'm just laying the foundation, y'all. I, I just want you to know that regardless of what you've already been through, God brought you through. It did not kill you. All of us have history, but all of us have a new story that is being written. So for people who've wandered through a wilderness, for people that fallen short of his grace and his mercy, you know what? Grace was required. Grace was received. And now grace is going to be returned. Because he's a God of another chance. I didn't say second. I stopped counting. 
I just keep falling in love with him over and over, and it gets sweeter as the days go by. So for those that know what it is to wander in a wilderness, or to be stuck in your dryness, to be complacent in your barrenness, can we pick up the torch and say yes to Jesus as we cross over? Come on, family, today is a monumental day, because we know our future is brighter than our past. He still goes before us to make every crooked way straight, because the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. We are a people on a move. Wow, two amens. All right. <laughs> Woo! This is a text that talks about people in movement. And we, we find them this morning on the edge of, of the Jordan. But if you know their history, if you know their story, you know that, you know the Exodus story, that they were always people on a move. God's family was a people that was moved. And when Israel first went to Egypt, they were struggling to understand who they were and whose they were. They spent 400 years as slaves in slavery. They were in it so long that it got in them. Their vicinity affected their ideology, their mentality, their identity. That's why you have to be careful of the company you keep. It affected them so much so that even after being free, they still had a slave mentality. Because they were out of Egypt, but Egypt wasn't out of them. Can I tell you that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future? And sometimes for us, freedom is difficult for us to realize. Freedom is difficult for us to live in and walk in because we come in here feeling so unworthy of his blood. But I need you to understand, we were worth. He saw us as worthy of his death. And that's why you have to surround yourself with people whose definition of you is not based on your history, but on your destiny. Oh, you should tweet that. Surround yourself with people whose definition of you is not based on your history, but on your destiny. Because God said, I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts I've been thinking towards you. Thoughts to give you a hope and a future. If I brought you to the edge of the Jordan, can you please step in the Jordan? Yes. God is saying we can't go back, cross point. God said to Moses, you've been around this mountain long enough. You've been circling this issue long enough. You've been putting up with your family dysfunction and your disorder long enough. Don't you understand that movement is not advancement? Because the wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. It's the wheels on the bus. You're not supposed to go around. Movement does not mean advancement. You can process and still not progress. And finally, God spoke to them and said, you've been around this long enough. You talked about this. You planned this. You had staff meetings about this. You had visionary meetings about this. Now it's time to go to the dark side. Now it's time to go to a theater and introduce the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to a people that would not enter a place like this. This is a crossover message that we are breaking the cycle and realizing that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We have been in this place too long. You have to decide if you're satisfied with getting up, going to work, coming home, going to bed. 
getting up, going to work, coming home, going to bed. There has to be more to life than that. Many of us are existing and are living. And he came that you might have life. So tell your neighbor, get a life. <laughs> that wasn't in my sermon last night. I'm at living now. Get a life. And so at this intersection, we need new direction. We need God to just blow our minds and that we're going to raise our expectation because, again, he did not bring us this far. Do you understand that your life is going in the direction of your attention? Whatever you give attention to, your life is going in the direction of your attention. Your attention actually gives you direction. The Bible says that if the blind follows the blind, all will end in the gutter. Because your attention will give you direction. Moses understood that he could only bring the people so far. But now they were standing at the edge of a new opportunity. Yes, they still had the smell of brick dust in their garments, but Joshua uh, was there to lead them in the crossover. See, Moses died. God put him to sleep in the plains of Moab, but Joshua, the successor, is now at the edge of the Jordan and to a people at a cross point. God gave them a word. Joshua chapter 3. To a people that were alone and afraid, broken, bruised, and betrayed. To a people that were discouraged, defeated, devalued, and dismayed. Came a prophetic voice from heaven. A word of power and a purpose and of destiny. They were at an all-time low in their history. But this was a word that was going to redirect their story. And according to the text, they were standing at the river. I need you to visualize this with me. I need you to imagine again our people that have been through hell and high water. They didn't, you know, you, when you've been through hell and high water, that means you, you know, sink or swim, creep or crawl, live or die. You know, you gotta cross over. When your money is acting funny and your change is strange, you have to. You have to. You have to. You have to cross over. And so here they are standing at the rivers of their Jordan with their past behind them, but their future in front of them. They were right there in the middle, smack dab in the middle between a rock and a hard place, between their history and their destiny, between their past and their potential, between, between what was and what shall be. It's important for us to realize that living in our past is an enemy to our future. Your past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. You don't live in that. You can talk about it. You can celebrate it. But you, even David has sense enough to say, even though I walk through a valley, I walk through that. I don't pitch a tent and take up residence and live there. This is not the be-all of the kingdom. This is a point where God has equipped us, gave us resources, opened doors for us. He is a God that will open doors that no man can close and close doors that no man can open. You stand now under an open heaven and the command from heaven is cross. Point. Cross. Over. This is a defining time in your church and I'm excited because I'm convinced pastor that your church has entered a season of transition 
oh, today is a transitional time. It's a celebratory time. It's an appointed time. I'm amazed that you even invited me to be here for the celebration because I'm going to see a people on a move. Some of us are going to move from religion to relationship. Some of us are going to move from trying him to trusting him. Some of us are going to move from a self-reliance to a God-reliance because you're going to say, guide me, oh, thy great Jehovah, pilgrims through this barren land. I'm weak, my God, you're mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. I grew up in an old Baptist black church with the big mothers and the big hats. And they would sing, hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. I grew up hearing little Lenny, he did not bring us this far. Just to bring us this far. And so we stand at a Jordan cross point. A Jordan, what's that? I'm so glad you asked. A Jordan is that very thing that stands between you and your inheritance. The next chapter, your Jordan is the thing that stands between you and your potential, your promise. It was the promised land. And a promise delayed is not a promise denied. Oh, y'all not here. Hello, hello. Tell your neighbor, wake up. <laughs> When you stand at the Jordan, you're standing at the thing that's between you and your peace that passes all understanding. You and the joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. You're standing at the, at the thing that's separating you from your life of holiness uh, and greatness uh, and, and mighty. And, and, and God is saying, uh, we need to learn the lesson that this is a defining moment. Either you will define the moment or the moment will define you. But when we look back on this date in history, I don't want to be known as a wimp, but a warrior. I don't want to be known as a casualty, but as a conqueror. I don't want to be known as, you know, as a wimp, but a warrior. I want to be known as one that gave my yes to him. And one of the huge lessons that I've learned in the days of my living, as if I lived that long. But one of the things I've learned in the years of my living is that nothing really happens while you're standing at the Jordan. Think about it. Standing there watching everybody else sail down the river on the Royal Caribbean. They're enjoying life, and here we are, standing at the riverbank. No miracles happen while you're standing safely on the edge. No messages are communicated while you're just standing at the edge. No memories are created while you're standing safely on the riverbanks. Some people are so content with standing in safety, watching life pass them by, that they might as well sing that old spiritual, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. <laughs> Just like a tree planted by the waters. If the church wants to go, they can go, but I shall not be. <laughs> really? Really? A host of people were standing at the riverbank that day, and they only had two options, to proceed in faith or go back to the wilderness. I don't know about you, but going back to a wilderness is not an option for me. Going back to my slavery and my history is not an option for me. If God brought me this far, cross point, if God brought you this far, either you proceed in faith or you stay in your wilderness. But tell somebody, cross point, cross point, say it, say it, cross point, say it, cross point. Going back is not an option.
question. Don't even make the suggestion. Don't make the recommendation. Don't make the proposition. I'm under a spiritual obligation to go forward. Did you hear the Great Commission? He said, go. The Great Commission. Pastor, I did not get a memo. I didn't get an update. There's no news text that came. The Bible still says, go and make. We were commanded to go. We need permission to stay. That's good, hey. Our friends, the Israelites, faced the juncture in chapter 3. And this was not a pastor's dream. This was not the chair of the board dream. This was not the senior leader's dream. This was a corporate dream, a national dream. This was the family of God dream. Can you imagine? Contemplate with me. Imagine again. Imagine. Imagine your whole life people talking about this one day when the church was on a cross. Imagine being a youngster, 40-some-year-old, and hearing your people year after year, month after month, talk about, oh, there's coming a day when we're going to enter our land of promise. There's going to be a day when we're going to enter a new season, a new chapter, a new moment in our history. Everyone was talking about it. All activities were supposing to move them in this direction. There was one goal that everyone heard. I mean, little Johnny heard it from his earliest memories. Big Mama and them were all talking about this one day when the people of God were going to cross. And they finally get to this location. And they know it's not their final destination because they're still in transition. They got to the location, knew it wasn't their final destination because they were still a people in transition. Are you hearing it? I'm trying to give you rhyme so you remember. <laughs> they waited 40 years. I've never waited. We use 40 years like, oh, that was just 40 years, you know, 40 days. I've never waited 40 years for anything. I just turned 40 the other year. Like, I don't know what that is to agonize and to pray and to trust God for 40 years. But you need to know that when they got to this place, they were, they were a completely different people. A completely different nation than walked out of slavery was at this place but they were better together. Some died in the wilderness. Some did not see the promise fulfilled, but the promise was not going to be denied. I stand before you this morning as the 19th pastor of the historic Emmanuel Baptist Church in Upper Hammonds Plains, Nova Scotia, and I'm here to tell you I am acutely aware, very much aware of the fact now, I am currently standing on the shoulders of past giants. I said I'm currently standing on the shoulders of past giants. Because of their history, I have story. Because of their strength, I have endurance. Because of their certitude, uh, servitude and fortitude, I have attitude and altitude. Y'all not hear me. And I'm better because of them, because everyone in transition had a vision. 
Everyone in transition had a vision. I'm here to tell you today, believe me, that the benchmark of transformational leadership is visionary leadership. You need the power of expectation in this church, a relentless commitment to never settle for less when we were created for greater. Come on, are we going to imagine again and raise our expectation to know that boldness is admirable and, and discernment is essential and wisdom and courage and knowledge are critical, but vision is fundamental to the body of Christ. He said, write the vision, make it plain, that those that read it can run with it, and although it tears you, wait for it, because if the Lord said it. God will do just what he says. I am excited about your future because your success as a church does not depend upon the state of the economy or the job market or cultural trends or societal norms, but on a clearly articulated vision. It's been said that eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. Eyes that look are common. You look at me, you see this sweaty black preacher with curly hair, funky glasses, crazy socks. What? You look at me. But do you see what God is doing? That greater is he that sent me than he that's in the world. Eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. Because sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. And there is no greater hope for this church than a vision to cross over and to be a people of God. Individuals need it. Corporations depend upon it. But the body of Christ is ruled and governed. The ability to see ourselves clearly. Oh, God, I'm, my time is almost up. But you have to see. You have to see. Don't allow your situation to define your expectations. But we don't have all the resources in place. We don't have the, a big enough team yet. Never allow your situation to define your expectation. Do not downgrade your dream to match your reality. Upgrade your reality to match your dream. Is this mic on this morning? Never downgrade your dream to match your reality. Always upgrade your reality to match your dream. You cannot allow your situation to be defined by your expectation. To define your expectation. And that's why you can't tell everybody. You can't tell everybody your big dreams. Stop telling big dreams to small-minded people. Well, I'm a member. Don't I get a say? No! No, 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 no. I need people who have vision. I need people who can see. Because some of us only look, and we look at an empty seat here, and we look at an empty seat there, and we look at an empty seat over there. But do you see the seat filled? Do you see new people coming into the kingdom? Do you see new people saying yes to Jesus? I don't need people that can look. I need people that can see. Who can see the blessing over the curse. Who can see the favor over the fault. Who can see deliverance over bondage. Who can see the set up over the upset. Who can see us walking in our destiny. So pastor, stop talking to people who have opinion. Talk to people who have vision. Because small people will see problems, but big people will see potential. Small people will see obstacles, but big people will see opportunity. I'm almost done. Because we have another church in uh, a few minutes. Um, 
Oh no, see, see, my church starts at 11 and tell. <laughs> I'm crazy enough to believe that our best stories are yet to come. That's a sign right there. You hear that? That's a sign. That's a sign that we're crossing over. Uh, I, I believe that there ought to be a yet in our stories. A yet. I'm crazy enough to believe that our best stories are yet to come. Our best stories are yet to come, yet to be spoken, yet to be heard, yet to be written. I'm talking about expectation. Every believer ought to have a yet praise. Every believer ought to have a yet in your vernacular. Yes, because yet speaks to an expected end. He's the God of our weary years. He's the God of our silent tears. But he's the God that knew the end, who knew the end from the beginning. That sounds like yet. That who he foreknew, he predestined. Who he predestined, he calls. That sounds like yet. When you say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that sounds like yet. When you can say he's the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. So be proud of your history, but be more excited about your new story where you can have a yet, where you know your ladder shall be greater, that what's to come is better than what has been, and that our best days are yet to come. Say yet. Yet. Yet speaks to an expected end. When the enemy wants to come and whisper, I don't think we're ready. I don't think, say, 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 say yet. Say yet. You know what? Uh, uh, do you have the job? I don't have it yet. Did you get your house? I didn't get it yet. How about that car? Not yet. Do you have a husband? Not yet. Did you hear me? I said not yet. Not yet. And my answer, my answer is not a submission of defeat. My answer is not a submission of defeat because faith is never my question. Faith is always my answer. Well, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying before they start singing on me. <laughs> my answer is not a submission of defeat. It's a proclamation of my anticipation, of my expectation that there's going to be a demonstration that God is going to show himself strong and mighty. God's going to show us that he's never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. I'm here to tell you when people come and say, you know, uh, ha have you broken the cycle? Have you reached your goals? Have you stopped the crisis? You just say not yet, because God is not like man that he can lie. God is going to do just what he says. So we're going to cross over, and we're going to do this thing on purpose. Everyone, Andy Stanley said it this way in a much more conservative and professional voice. Andy Stanley said that everyone ends up somewhere. But some people end up somewhere on purpose. Everyone ends up somewhere. But some churches will end up somewhere on purpose. People that have vision is going to live this thing on purpose. I don't have time, Pastor, to talk about three days. He said they went through the camp in three days. If you're a real good theologian, you know the power of three. Lord God. You, you would know that there was three things in the Ark of the Covenant. I don't have time to tell you, Mark. You would know that, that there was three shipwrecks that Paul said, Paul pleaded with the Lord three times. You would know that Noah had three sons and Abraham went up on the third day. You would know that Jesus was lost for three days. I don't got time, Mark. I don't have time to tell you the power
number of three that on one day they killed him, one day they buried him, but on the third, I don't got time, Mark. <laughs> oh, but if you knew that, that, that you have seven days, seven is the number of completion, this time next week. So they went, they went, they went, they went through the camp in three days. And they said, when you see God move, you move. When you see God move, you move. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, you move. We've been seeing God doing things on the soul. We got to move. We have to move. We have to trust God. And here was, here's a, he said, if you sanctify yourselves today, I will do wonders tomorrow. If you sanctify yourself, sanctification, purification, what's all that big word? Confess your sins today. Get right with God today. Clean your heart today. Renew your mind today. Purify yourselves today. God says, if you do it today, I'll do something tomorrow. If you pray for your leaders today, you will see how I'll use them tomorrow. If you stand with them today, watch what I'm going to do tomorrow. God says, if you, if, if you step up, I will show up. The walls will stand up and the river will dry up. Good God. If you step up, God will show up. The walls will stand up. The ocean will dry up. He said, but I'm waiting on you to move. Well, we can't move now. The Bible says they were at flood stage. That means that, that the water was over their heads. This was the highest. Have you ever done anything where you felt you were over your head? And God said, step. Step. I'm going to do the miraculous, but I need you to be a part of the process. I need you to step. I need you to step. I'm going to flip my page. I need you to step. Because if you don't pursue a title and fame and riches, but if you pursue God, if you pursue God, you're going to get God. Because it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God is going to chase after me. Did you read the text that if you glorify God, God will glorify you? My God, the church, if you chase after God, I know we're over time. I'm so sorry. If you chase after God, God will be glorified. The community will be edified. Your witness will be bonafide. Your identity will be clarified. Lies will be effect electrified. Wrongs will be rectified. And the devil will be terrified. If you chase after God, if you deal. I can't, I can't. My time is really up. I hate two services. My time! I can't even begin to tell you that this was not like the cross over at the Red Sea. Because at the Red Sea, that was about a military victory. This was not the Red Sea. This was the Jordan. This was not about military victory. This was not about Pharaoh being vanquished in the sea. No, no, this was not about the enemy on the outside. This was about the enemy on the inside. This was not an enemy that was external. There was an enemy in a me. God said, you got to sanctify yourself today. You have to trust me today. You have to raise your expectation today. Because I want to do something in you and through you and for you and by you and to you. This crossing was about sanctify yourselves. Get right with God. Raise your expectation. Now, I'm done. I'm on my last page. Everybody's in place. Get close to the mic. 
God says, if you raise your expectation now, well, why do we have to do it? No one else did it. I did. Did you read the book? <laughs> Jacob wrestled with God until the breaking of day because he was expecting. Elijah called down fire because he was expecting it. Ezekiel prophesied the dry bones because he was naming dips seven times in the dirty Jordan because he was expecting the woman with the issue of blood pressed her way through the crowd because she was four brothers carried their friend up on a roof and tore it down because they were expecting Paul and Silas prayed in jail at midnight because they were Mary said let it be done unto me according to your word because she was What would happen at Crossroad Church? Crossroad. Cross Point. What would happen at Cross Point Church if you were 